0: Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast. I am your host, the Reverend Captain Kick-Ass. I
1: hate the government For what they take and what they represent. I hate the government. My it. My Welcome to the Kick-Ass Podcast. Welcome to the
0: Kick-Ass Podcast. I didn't ask you before I hit record, but I'll ask you now. Um, pseudonym or actual name?
1: Uh, actual name is. Actual name?
0: All right, I, I've got Michael Luke here. Mike. Do Mike. Michael. Mike, Mike Luke. Mike. Mike? Okay, yeah. Mike Luke, it is. And I actually don't really know very much about Mike Luke. I know
1: that he ran for some sort of libertarian seat, perhaps. I did. Uh, in this last uh, August primary, I ran for the United States Senate as a libertarian, previously i had ran for office locally up in snohomish county uh you know ran for fire district commissioner okay. a couple times ran for county charter commissioner
0: so how did you like go from hmm, I don't know how to how to how to set this up for you i went on a personal journey one day um, I had always sort of shunned politics um i looked at uh you know, presidents and governors and mayors. Uh, they always just struck me as giant douchebags in suits. And I was just like, I can tell these guys, these guys are like used car salesmen. You know, I can feel just the the bullshit just, you know, emanating from their being. And so I went on a mission one day to discover, like... Am I a Democrat? Am I a Republican? Am I on the left? Am I on the right? Am I a conservative? Am I a liberal? And I found that I personally can't subscribe to any, like, first of all, those terms don't really have tight definitions. And so I can't, you know, if I'm going to define myself, you know, as a thing, then, you know, I have to know what those terms definitions are in order to say that I am one of them and so I found that I'm none of them and so how did you go from you know sort of like the Republican Party you know to like the libertarian train of
1: thought well I think you know prior to 2008 I was just kind of your standard Republican voter uh, thinking probably giving Republicans the benefit of the doubt far more than I ever should have for far too long, uh, you know, it was the uh, the Ron Paul revolution. I think that that you know triggered something in me to I just think 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 of things differently. Um, you know, it's not just you know left right, Democrat Republican. There is other options. You know, uh, mm-hmm. of more or less removing the government from the from the from the equation, as opposed to trying to pick what way to govern well let's just kind of remove some of the government start removing it phasing it out um, is kind of what i gradually came to probably between like two thousand eight two thousand sixteen yeah sort of kind of took that that approach and and once i i think i felt good about that uh, it was then more of a case of strategy how do you how do you make the most difference mm. uh... you know trying to use a, What is a viable party in the Republican Party should be a viable party. Unfortunately, it it doesn't – for all intents and purposes, it's really not a viable party, unfortunately.
0: Well, and there's plenty of evidence to support all that. I mean, if – like I said, I went on a mission and, like, I was able to find plenty of, you know, evidence that was like – I'm like, okay, there's – that's not – I'm not going there. I'm not going over here. And, like, so – it didn't seem like there was any political party that actually represented the people.
1: Yeah, I mean, it and, and you kind of touched on something before that we thought a lot of those guys were douchebags and just yep. acting like uh, shysters or con men. Yep. And, oh, and, and
0: by the way, I wanted to mention that this is a completely internet podcast, so cussing is almost required.
1: It's almost required. So if, okay, if you're I'll, a cusser, feel free to I'll, say... I'll make sure I let a few slip out. All of them, you know, whatever you want. <laughs> all,
0: all the George Carlinisms, if you like.
1: Right, 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 right. Um, but I was saying that the uh, it, it, what I realized with the party, the parties are more almost about marketing and, and presenting a... a, a Presenting something that really isn't actually them. They speak in generalities, very generic rhetoric. Yes. Uh, and you, you, you get so tired of that. You, you, you know these. Yeah, they can say they want to balance the budget. Okay, but when you ask them how, mm-hmm. there's no. You know they're basically daring the headlights. Yep. You know they'll 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 talk about the Constitution, uh, but they still love their favorite little subservient laws that really rob so many so so many of us of you know basic freedom. Uh, but but the, the, the powers that be in that party are very comfortable with that because mm-hmm. those laws don't really affect them. Right. Those those mandatory minimums or that technical guilt or all those victimless crimes, they're okay with people getting screwed by that. Uh, uh-huh. they they and, and they can't really justify it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was having a discussion last night. uh, I was enjoying a card game with some people about victimless crimes, right? Like, what is a crime? And that discussion always leads back to, you know, where did law come from, right? And it's largely based on maritime law, right? All, you know, today's, you know, the way most laws are set up, at least in westernized cultures, You know, that's all based on old maritime law. And old maritime law basically had a definition of crime that was, like, there has to be a person or some property that was harmed or damaged. Right. Anything else? Not a crime. Exactly. Not a crime. You know, so, like, you know, a parking ticket. Can you show me the damaged or injured person or property? No, oh, not a crime, you know, so so many like violations of bureaucracy that you know I, i've looked into it myself there's forty thousand new laws added every year, and the number of laws that exist in the United States of America is so
1: innumerable that they cannot be counted and and the enforcement then becomes selective yes and the the uh sentences or the consequences for those victimless crimes then become very subjective, very subjective. And I think, especially in our criminal court system today, there is a a, a lack of uh, giving any sort of credence to the intent of the person. Did the person know they were committing a a crime? Did they hurt somebody? Did they mean to do that? And, you know, it's funny, just recently on that topic, when you when you look at the, uh, the Hillary Clinton stuff and you see where James Comey originally came out and said, well, we, we don't think there's enough to prosecute. We, we don't see any ill intent. Okay, we, you know, we could debate that, but you know damn good and well, the average person that gets arrested or cited for something like that. They, de- they are not given that same consideration by the police officers or the prosecutors. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, fill the docket. Let's get those cases in there. Let's run them through and let's scare the crap out of them with mandatory minimums and get them to take some kind of a deal. Yep. Uh, you know, so that's that's a, I mean, that's an unfortunate condition today. And I find that most Republicans are okay with that. And, and on your thing on victimless crimes, I remember when I would, when I was in the Republican Party and I would, I would uh, you know, argue with other Republicans, whether on Facebook or whatever, yeah. you would always hear people say, well, I, I had a, a, an ex-boyfriend and, and he would get high and he would steal from me. And so you can't say that drugs aren't a victimless crime. And I'd say, well, here's the thing. The, the theft is the crime. Right. The getting high, okay, that may have led to bad judgment for him doing that. The getting high is not the crime right the stealing is the crime the, the the beating up the the hurting somebody else is the crime not the getting high
0: <laughs> right right and you know like and perhaps that you know leads to you know the fact that here's a person that may need some help if he's so dependent on you know a, a substance that he puts into his body you know to make him feel okay right. you know and then the other part of that the other side of that is what the law does to drugs by you know, keeping them illegal. Now, we're in Washington State. So, we, you know, marijuana is... Uh, that's a whole different topic, man. Because everybody's like, oh, we won. It's legal. And I'm like, you didn't fucking win. All you did was give half of the money that, you know, should be going to the pockets of the entrepreneurs, the business owners, the growers, you right. know, the distributors, the retail outlets. And, and you give half of that money to the government, the man... For what exactly? What, what invaluable product or service has the government provided to the marijuana industry that makes them half owner of the industry that that makes it worth half of the money that this, you know, now legal industry, you know, what, what, it's like they're a partner in this business, right? The silent partner, and they're just taking what's pretty close to 50% you know because they do it in every stage they do it at the grow stage they do it at the distributor stage and then they do it at the retail stage but they've provided no additional value other than pre-regulating the industry by mimicking the laws of the alcohol industry currently. right
1: and they've and they've practically the government is practically you know you you said that you know the government's kind of a partner in it well i, I don't know i think they've kind of taken it over and taken 51%. And I think they're the they're majority owner. Because I remember, you know, when I had a, I used to own a store and, and we sold beer. Mm-hmm. So I had a liquor license and you're sort of along those lines, you're almost technically uh, an agent of the state. Right. And so these people that are licensed to sell pot, yeah, they're, they're businesses. And, and I respect entrepreneurs and small business people like that. But essentially by licensing them, they're sort of an agent of the state. They're, and i don't even think it's i think it's uh, watered down to call the state a partner well, they they're more like a yeah a, no. mob, a mobster that's taken over and
0: yeah where's our protection money
1: <laughs> right and you get no protection for the protection money
0: <laughs> otherwise guido and anthony you know gonna I mean, show up at the door yeah, i mean yeah. tony
1: soprano if somebody's hurting your business and you tell tony i'm short because these guys are hurting my business Tony's probably going to take care of it. Right. What's the state of Washington going to do? They don't give a fuck. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, partner's probably a misnomer, for sure. Um, An insurance company can provide all of the things that, you know, a state claims that it it provides for its its cut. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) It's taking a cut. Um, It provides it provided no upfront cash to any of these businesses. So you're right, I mean, less of a partner. Like, if, I'm going, if you and I are going to partner in a business, we're both gonna pony up some cash, right? Well, yeah, you know? you're
1: gonna pony up, you, you may have uh, X amount of cash, I may have less, but I may have uh, equipment or something like sure, that, and yeah. we're, we're gonna bring something, both of us are gonna have to bring something to the table.
0: Yeah, and the state didn't bring a damn they, thing they other, bring, than force, right? other than force, right? Other than force, that is
1: all they bring. So
0: yeah, so so it, so it bothers me when people are like, "Oh, we won," you know, and it's like, n- no, you didn't, because marijuana has not been decriminalized, which is what like to me that's what you know legal, the legalized movement was all about. It's like you decriminalize it, you don't um, you don't begin an industry. And the other thing that bothers me too. If there was some new invention today something like the internet, you know, the next thing that's going to come out, right? Um, It would just happen, right? Like organically. Somebody invents a new thing, you know, some people adopt it early, they call them early adopters, you know, Um, and then, you know, people are like, oh, this is pretty cool. And it sort of spreads by word of mouth a little bit. And eventually some, some business minded people, oh, yeah, you know, we could use, we could do this as a service provider and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, sort of, organically the business models sort of oh we'll offer this or we'll do a retail thing or you know it sort of organically starts to become a thing right uh and then maybe the state starts getting involved you know after like a few things have been tried it's incubated in the minds of entrepreneurs you know different business models have been you know input and you know that type of a thing And then the state may come in. If you look at, like, the computer industry, still pretty much unregulated, you know. Um, And, of course, we see wild growth in that industry and have for, you know, I don't know, the last, well, pretty much my entire life, really. Um, And, you know, anybody who's alive today has seen phenomenal technological advancements over the course of their life mostly unregulated by the government. You may have to get, you know, if you're a communications company, you might have to deal with the FCC, stuff like that, but the industry largely remains unregulated. Unlike the marijuana industry here in Washington state, where before anybody could even think about how they were going to offer it, they had to subject themselves to lotteries. Right, in order to get a oh, yeah. a business license in the industry, like you had to like not only pay a bunch of money to get these licenses, but also join this lottery where like the state was gonna decide you know like pulling names out of a hat somehow who was going to get the licenses not based on like oh are you a you know legitimate businessman have you had some experience in the you know the business you know sort of industry that might this might look like you know they they didn't judge any of that it was all about the cash grab and they fucked so many people out of their cash who never got a business license right right and they ju- they sorry yep, your cash is gone man well yeah
1: and then there's i Honestly, I was not supportive of the marijuana initiative. Not because I didn't want to see pot legal yeah. or decriminalized. I looked at that and I was like, "You're gonna have a lottery. How is that equal access? How is that not choosing favorites? I mean, it's practically unconstitutional." Uh, you know. And and the other thing that concerned me was the now the cops. Have a whole other reason to give people DUIs.
0: Well, and I looked at it too, and and I'm still waiting for it because I feel like it's on the horizon. Um, roadside blood tests, right? Because uh, the only way that you can tell, I mean, outside of like the munchies and some red right. eyes, right? right. You yeah. know, the only way that like a human being can tell if another human being is high on marijuana is through a blood test, right? And it stays in your blood for like a month or something. So like, you know, you could have smoked a joint, you know, in September and right. it's November and they could give you a blood test and oh, you were, you're you high right now, you know, but no, you're not. You and know?
1: I, I was, yeah, I was talking to somebody who was, uh, he was running for a judgeship hmm. last cycle or last year or something like that. And we were talking about DUI cases, mostly alcohol cases. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm watching people I'm watching juries that are convicting people for, for drunk driving when they're like at a, a point six, not a legal, you know. And so that's, that's kind of become subjective yeah. as far as when it is, there's not a legal definition really. So, I mean, and, and the science on, the, you know, THC, the ingredients of marijuana, how it stays in your system. I think it's very random. I don't think they have a, a, a I don't think, I, I mean, I question the, the drunk driving laws and, and some of those yeah. standards, but I very much question the marijuana yeah. stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just a reason to incarcerate and fine people and things like that. It's and, a cash grab. And then there's the whole thing is, the other thing about the marijuana industry, and I, I love the people in the marijuana industry. I, 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 they're great business people, they're hardworking, they've invested in it, and, and I love a, a new industry and entrepreneurship, but I really hope those people understand, okay, you, you have it legal at the state level, mm-hmm. you don't understand, on the other, t- uh, the other two levels of government, at the local level, you could have a shop, your zoning could change, or whatever, and you're fucked, yep. you are fucked, your business is fucked, And that's that. And at the same time, you could get the liquor board or the liquor and marijuana control board, whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days, they they could write a a Washington administrative code and it could get interpreted just a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, part of your business that's a profit center is gone. You can't do it anymore. Just because a, a, a legal interpretation or the way they wrote a Washington administrative code not to mention, all this time federally, it's illegal.
0: Yeah, it's still federally illegal.
1: I mean, you get you get the wrong attorney general, or you get the wrong U.S. attorney for this region in office. Those people in the marijuana biz are fucked.
0: Yep. Yeah. I'd like to thank you for listening, my guests for participating, and especially the punk rock band Three Ninety for contributing music. If you want to find me, I'm on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Reverend Captain Kickass. Thanks. Peace.